Introduction, 1 minute 35 seconds. Welcome to the historic Noland Home Audio Description Tour. This house is part of the Greater Harry S. Truman National Historic Site, and during inclement weather may serve as a staging area for tours of the Truman Home. The exhibits in each room are representative of different periods in Harry Truman's life. You are listening to this message through the receiver of an antique telephone replica. Four of the rooms in the house have replica phones common to the period depicted in the room. On each phone are push buttons arranged in a circular pattern. Building directions and general facility information can be heard on any of the phones by pressing the number 5. On the table in front of the phone is a volume control knob. Please familiarize yourself with the phone and adjust the volume to a comfortable hearing level. When you are ready to begin the tour, press 1 for a description of the foyer and wall panel where you entered the home, or 2 for a description of the parlor, the room you are now in. Or you may continue to the next tour section, Rooted in Independence, which begins in the room through the doorway immediately to the left as you stand facing this phone. The antique telephone replica you will use for the next room's description is on a small table and has its receiver resting on a cradle. It is located along the wall straight ahead, about 15 feet, and on a slight diagonal to the right, on the opposite side of the room from where you will enter. Program Note You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button 1. Foyer Description. 3 minutes, 5 seconds. The space where you entered the home was once the foyer. It is a narrow hallway, 4 feet wide, 8 feet long, and 10 feet high. On the wall to the right of the entry door is a 6 foot high by 3 foot wide black and white photograph, circa 1946. It shows President Truman walking down concrete steps leading away from the Noland home. The two-story home has a wide, curving porch with square columns supporting the angled porch roof. The photograph is mounted between light sconces with doors entering rooms on either side. To the right of the large photo is a text panel that reads, The Noland Home. Welcome to the Noland Home. Harry Truman's favorite cousins Nellie and Ethel lived here at 216 North Delaware. As a young man, Harry Truman often visited the Noland family long before he married his childhood sweetheart, Bess Wallace. I grew up and went to school with cousins Nellie and Ethel Noland. Nellie would translate my Latin lesson for me, and I would escort Ethel to parties and learn how to be polite from her. When the Truman family moved from Independence to Grandview, Missouri in 1905, Truman stayed here during visits to his old hometown. By 1910, Harry began courting Bess Wallace, who lived across the street. Under the picture, and extending out from the wall four inches and three feet up from the floor, is an angled reader rail. The reader rail contains three black and white photographs. The photo on the left portion of the panel is of a young adult couple. Text reads, Joseph and Ella Truman Noland, Harry Truman's uncle and aunt. Ella was a sister of Harry's father, John Anderson Truman. The Noland family moved into this home in 1900 and remained here for 86 years. 
The center photo is of three young adults, two female, one male, standing behind three older adults, two male, one female, who are seated. Text reads, The closeness of the Truman and Noland families extended across generations. This gathering at the Noland home included, standing left to right, Nellie Noland, Harry Truman, and Ethel Noland. Seated, left to right, are Harry Truman's uncles, William Truman and Joseph Noland, and his aunt, Ella Noland. Nellie is wearing a white blouse and long dark skirt. A young adult Harry is pictured with a slim build and dark hair wearing a suit and tie. Ethel is wearing a long-sleeved, high-necked white dress. William is in a suit and tie wearing a hat with a narrow cigar dangling from his mouth. Joseph is wearing a suit with bow tie in a flat-topped straw hat, and Ella is wearing a long-sleeved white dress. The photo on the right is of two young adult females. Text reads, Ethel, left, and Nellie Noland encouraged Truman to court Bess Wallace. The Gates-Wallace home, now called the Truman home, is in the background of this picture, about 1900. Program note. Button 2 is a description of the parlor. Button 3 describes the wall behind the phone. Button 4 describes the walls to the right and directly opposite the phone. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 2. The Noland Parlor. 50 seconds. You are in what was the parlor of the Noland home. The room is 14 feet by 12 feet. The wall behind the phone is papered with repeating pink irises and sage green scrolls on a striped pale green background. The other walls are painted a pale pink. The exhibits in this room focus on the courtship of Harry Truman and Bess Wallace. Exhibits on the wall behind the phone include a cake plate, a text panel, and several vintage photographs. The wall to the right of the phone has two large portraits on either side of a long centered window. The wall directly opposite the phone has a window overlooking the Truman home. A quote from Truman is to the left of the window, and a map panel is to the right. Program note. Button 1 is a description of the foyer. Button 3 describes the wall behind the phone. Button 4 describes the walls to the right and directly opposite the phone. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 3. Cake plate and pictures. 3 minutes 20 seconds. On the table where the phone and volume controls are located is a bronze-colored replica cake plate. Please feel free to touch it gently. Mounted just above is a panel with text and a graphic of a cake plate. Text reads, The courtship begins. Harry Truman had help in winning Bess's heart. By a happy coincidence, Bess lived across the street from his cousins Nellie and Ethel. During a visit in 1910, 26-year-old Harry volunteered at the speed of light to return a cake plate to 219 North Delaware, where Bess had lived since 1904. Bess answered Harry's knock on the door and invited him inside. It took him two hours to deliver the plate. 
Within a year, Harry had a standing invitation to Sunday dinners with Bess's family. To the right of the table and phone, mounted on the wall, are six black-and-white photographs arranged in a style typical of a family home of that era. An oval-framed print is of young Truman with a hat, jacket, white shirt, and narrow black tie behind his two female cousins wearing white blouses and flat hats topped with flowers. Text reads, Harry Truman felt very close to his cousins throughout his life. Truman titled this photo, taken around 1905, This is Us, Nellie, left, and Ethel Noland. A square-framed print is of Truman and four smiling people in a rowboat near a riverbank. Truman is at the oars. Text reads, Trying to win over Bess Wallace, Harry Truman took her fishing in August 1913. A square-framed print of a young Truman depicts him at the wheel of a vintage black convertible with right-side steering, running board, and spoke wheels. Three women accompany the future president. Text reads, Harry Truman bought this 1911 Stafford car for practical purposes. The vehicle made his courtship with Bess much easier. Riding with Harry and Bess are Ethel Noland alongside Mary Jane Truman, far right. Harry's sister. Another oval-framed print shows Truman's two cousins posing in long-sleeved, high-necked white dresses. Text reads, Ethel, left, and Nellie Noland at the Truman Farm in Grandview, about 1911. The cousins visited often, keeping Truman in touch with news from Independence. A rectangular-framed print shows Truman from behind sitting on a horse-drawn cultivator, tending to his crops. Text reads, Harry Truman working on the farm, about 1910. He left a bank job in Kansas City four years earlier to help run the family farm in Grandview. Lastly, a rectangular-framed print of 31 young men and women arranged on steps in front of a building with a wide arched doorway. Truman's and Bess's images are circled. Truman is the fourth person from the left in the top row. Bess is the first person on the right side in the second row. Text reads, Although he had a crush on Bess, Harry Truman was too shy to sit by her in their 1901 Independence High School graduation photo. I thought she was the most beautiful and sweetest person on earth. Program note. Button 1 is a description of the foyer. Button 2 describes the parlor. Button 4 describes the walls to the right and directly opposite the phone. And button 5 provides building information. Button 4. Portraits and panels. 2 minutes 35 seconds. On the wall to the right of the phone is a tall, centered window under which a seating bench is available. On either side are framed photo portraits, each three and a half feet tall by two and a half feet wide, of the young Harry Truman, left, and Bess Wallace, right. Truman is pictured in 1905 with short, dark hair, seated, wearing a suit jacket, long-sleeved white shirt and tie, and round, frameless spectacles. 
Elizabeth Virginia Bess Wallace, shown in 1901, is seated with her elbows resting on a table. She is wearing a white dress gathered at the waist and long button-down white gloves. Her gaze is forward toward us and dark hair atop her head is adorned with a wreath of small flowers. On the wall opposite the phone, a quotation from Truman is applied to the wall. Text reads, I met a little blue-eyed golden-haired girl, Bess, my first sweetheart. We went to Sunday school, graduated in the same class, and marched down life's road together. Just above this text is a small rectangular graphic, framed in gold. Its inside perimeter consists of colored squares, white, red, yellow, green, and blue, around a smaller inside rectangle in off-white. This echoes the glass at the top of the window just to the right of the Truman quotation. The view looks out on what had been the Gates-Wallace home. To the right of the window is a map panel. Text reads, Window to the future. Imagine being able to see into the future. Although he didn't know it at the time, Harry Truman could see his future through this window. Following a nine-year courtship, Harry Truman married Bess Wallace in 1919. They lived together at 219 North Delaware for the next 53 years. He would stay here all night if he had a date over there because it was a long trip to go out to Grandview, and there probably wasn't a night train at that time. And he could stay here very easily, which he did, sometimes two or three times a week. Ethel Noland, 1965. Below the text is a simple line drawing illustrating the 16-mile curving train route from Grandview, at the bottom, to Kansas City, and the straight nine-mile streetcar route east to Independence. Text reads, The trip from Grandview to Independence was not easy. Before he owned a car, Truman would catch a train from Grandview to Kansas City and then hop on a streetcar to Independence. Program Note Button 1 is a description of the foyer. Button 2 describes the parlor. Button 3 describes the wall behind the phone. And Button 5 provides building information. Living Room Introduction 2 Minutes Welcome to what was the living room of the Noland home. You're listening to this message on an antique replica phone that sits on an oblong base with a two-pronged cradle emerging from its top. The receiver rests on the cradle and is attached to the base by a coiled cord. The room is the same size as the parlor, 14 feet by 12 feet, and the wall behind the phone is papered with dark green laurel bouquets alternating with a small torch pattern on a light green background. The other walls are painted light green. This room's theme is Rooted in Independence and focuses on Truman's deep roots in independence. Exhibits on and along the wall where the phone is located include replicas of Truman's trademark possessions, a text panel, and several large photographs with insets and reader rails. On the wall to the right is a map panel on the left with two tall windows on the right. In the center of the room is an interactive touchscreen kiosk 
and on the wall opposite the phone is a fireplace, above which is a large echo monitor for the interactive kiosk. The wall to the left has a Truman quote from 1956. When you are ready to begin the tour, press 1 for a description of the tactile objects and the family and community photos. Press 2 for a description of the map panel and quote. Or press 3 for a description of the interactive kiosk. Button 5 provides building information. Or you may continue to the next section, Lifelong Balancing Act, by proceeding through the doorway just to the left of the phone. A small table is located straight ahead, about 20 feet, on the opposite side of the room from where you will enter. An old rotary-style phone with a handset that's nestled on the base unit's cradle is the device you will use to hear our next room's description. Program note. You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button 2. Map panel and quote. 1 minute 40 seconds. On the wall to your right, there is a framed map panel, 2.5 feet tall by 1.5 feet wide, and two tall windows. The framed map panel is titled 120 Steps. Text reads, Famous for his morning walks around town, Harry Truman believed that exercise gave him a chance to think and keep fit. As part of my daily routine, he said, I usually take a walk of a mile and a half at a pace of 120 steps a minute. If you walk 120 paces a minute, your whole body gets a vigorous workout. Below this is a quote from Bradley Smith, photographer, describing a walk in 1953 with Harry Truman. Once the walk started, Truman moved more like a slow jogger than a fast walker. I spent a good part of the hour-and-a-half walk running ahead of him, stopping to take a picture from across the street or from the street corner. The bottom half of the panel is a line-drawing map of downtown Independence, noting sites near Truman's home. Text reads, Places Truman enjoyed passing on his walks included the First Presbyterian Church, where he and Bess first met in 1890, as well as the homes and shops of friends and neighbors. On the wall to your left, as you face the phone, is a small rectangular stained glass graphic. Below it is a quotation from Mr. Truman, dated November 28, 1956. I've had every political office nearly, from precinct to President of the United States, and I came back home to live at the end of it all. Program Note Button 1 is a description of the tactile objects and family and community photos. Button 3 describes the interactive kiosk. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 3. Interactive Kiosk. 50 seconds. In the middle of this room is a video kiosk. Access the kiosk by turning 180 degrees and slightly to the right. It features an interactive program controlled by a touchscreen. A handset on the right side of the console provides an audio description track. When you lift the receiver, you will hear repeating instructions on how to activate and navigate the touchscreen and programs. On the wall beyond the console, above a fireplace mantle, is a flat-screen television monitor that echoes the images in the interactive video. Below the mantle is a 1920s-era Art Deco gas fireplace insert.
Program Note Button 1 is a description of the tactile objects and family and community photos. Button 2 describes the map panel and quotes. And Button 5 provides building information. Dining Room Introduction 2 Minutes Welcome to what was once the dining room of the Noland home. You are listening on a 1940s-style replica telephone. The room is 14 feet by 17 feet. The wall where the phone is located is papered with a repeating pattern, vertical ovals, in green, burgundy, and gold on a beige-striped background. The other walls are painted pale blue. For visitor use, there is a long, backless bench seat located in the center of the room. This room's theme is Lifelong Balancing Act and centers on Truman's efforts to balance the different dimensions of his life and career. Exhibits on this wall, next to the phone, include a tactile globe and desk sign and two sets of two large photographs, each with a reader rail beneath and extending from the wall about 12 inches. The one on the left compares his life in Washington and independence. The one on the right compares his family and political life. On the wall to the right are a map panel and two large photographs with an extended reader rail beneath that depicts some of his successes and failures. The wall directly opposite the phone depicts his 19th century upbringing with 20th century challenges. And the wall on the left has a Truman quote from 1960. When you are ready to begin the tour, press 1 for a description of the quote, the tactile objects, and Washington versus independence. Press 2 for a description of his political and family life. Press 3 for a description of the map panel and his successes and failures. Or press 4 for a description of his values and challenges. Button 5 provides building information. Or you may continue to the next section, Strength from Family. It begins through a door behind you that was on your left as you entered the dining room. Please note, the door may be closed. The room may also be accessed through the foyer where you first entered the home. Program Note You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Bedroom Introduction 2 minutes 5 seconds You are listening to this tour section on a replica of an old-fashioned rectangular phone mounted on the wall. On its face, it has two bells at the top and push buttons arranged in a circular pattern below. You are now in what was a small bedroom of the Noland home. The room is 10 feet by 9 feet. The wall opposite the phone is papered with repeating pink tulips with rope-like vines on brown background. The other walls are painted pale yellow. If you entered the home from the side ramp, you may want to go to the Noland Parlor for the beginning of the tour. Turn around 180 degrees from this phone and walk about 10 feet to the foyer entrance and continue another 15 feet to the parlor on your left. The Noland Parlor recording is on an antique replica phone on a table several feet forward and on the left. The bedroom's theme is Strength from Family and centers on the importance of family in Truman's life. Exhibits on the wall next to the phone include a text panel 
and a family photo album. On the wall to your right is a montage of excerpts from family letters written to and from Harry Truman. On the wall to your left are portrait paintings of Harry and Bess. On the wall opposite the phone is a large photograph with a reader rail extending about 12 inches from the wall. The back porch area is through the doorway on your right and includes brochures and a text panel on the preservation of the Noland home. When you are ready to begin the tour, press 1 for a description of the text panel and photo album. Press 2 for a description of the family letters. Press 3 for a description of the photos and portraits. Or press 4 for a description of the back porch area. Button 5 provides building information. Program note. You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button 1. Text panel and family album. 4 minutes 30 seconds. To the right of the phone and mounted on the wall is a text panel with a drawing of a diamond ring at top with text beneath that reads, Strength from family. Family is one of the most important things we have in our lives. Most of us find comfort and encouragement from the people who know us best. Presidents are no different, and Harry Truman enjoyed an exceptionally close relationship with his wife Bess and daughter Margaret. Many of us spend time apart from our loved ones. Truman's military service and public career kept him away from his family for long stretches. The letters the Trumans exchanged give us a glimpse of their strong family ties. Below the text panel is an angled wood ledge extending about 12 inches from the wall. On it is a flip book labeled Family Album. There are 10 images and quotations featured in the book, all of which illustrate milestones in Truman's life. The first page of the flip book features an old-fashioned tinted studio photograph of a toddler in a dark frock with lace collar posed in an outdoor scene. To the right is an older child, Harry Truman, age 5, similarly attired and holding a straight cane. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. When I was five and Vivian was three, we were presented with a sister, Mary Jane. We heard her cry upstairs and thought we had a new pet until our father told us we had a new sister. The next page portrays an antique model 1911 automobile, a black convertible with a running board and spoked wheels. Three women and two men in light clothing are inside, with Truman at the wheel in rolled-up white sleeves, glasses, and a flat cap. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. 5,000 miles in three months is getting around somewhat. The album's next page depicts Truman as a young man with straight, dark hair and spectacles, wearing his World War I uniform. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. I know how soldiers are. They are trained not to give up. I know because I am one of them. The next page shows a young child bundled in a tight, button-down sweater, leggings, and a knit cap. She grins, displaying her bright, full cheeks. She holds a toy Felix the Cat in her right hand. Beneath is a quote from Margaret Truman. I think there's nothing better than growing up as an only child. 
Next is a photo of the young Harry and Bess Truman, outdoors, facing their young child Margaret in the foreground. Harry wrote to Bess in 1931, Tell my girl she must go to school and learn all about everything, and someday you and she and I will go see it all. The next photo is of Truman, Margaret, and Bess caught in action just as the president casts a vote in November 1948 in a box labeled blue. Truman says, We are here to vote as citizens of this great republic. A photo on the next page depicts two workmen installing a section of iron fence. In the background is the Truman home. Margaret Truman is quoted, The fence was the main protection from souvenir hunters who would have stolen every flower in the gardens and pried every clobbered off the first floor. Next is a photo of the Noland home front porch. Truman, in a suit and with his back to us, looks toward two individuals inside the front door. As president, I've found from tough experience, I can't have too much advice from real friends. Harry Truman to Ethel Noland, 1949. In the next image, the older Truman, in his fedora hat, long coat, and with his walking cane, smiles as he reaches out to a woman her back to us, wearing a long coat and a headscarf. Ethel Noland writes, Since Mr. Truman came back from Washington, the tourists are omnipresent. The last image is of a smiling Truman with two of his young grandsons. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. I think the world in which my grandsons will be growing up will be much more interesting and exciting than the one in which our grandfather lived. I wish I could live 50 years more to see how everything comes out. Program note. Button 2 is a description of family letters. Button 3 describes the photos and portraits. Button 4 describes the back porch. And button 5 provides building information. Button 3. Photos and portraits. 3 minutes 10 seconds. On the wall opposite the phone is a 5 feet tall by almost 4 feet wide framed photograph with a reader rail beneath. The photo is a wedding portrait. Posing outdoors, a young, dark-haired Harry Truman is on the left, wearing a light-colored three-piece suit and spectacles. And on the right is Bess, in a white tunic with lace trim, a matching skirt, and a broad-brimmed white hat. She holds a floral bouquet. Text reads, Harry Truman and Bess Wallace were married June 28, 1919. Truman wrote, It was the happiest day of my life, for I had been looking forward to it for a lifetime, or so it seemed. The reader rail beneath is entitled, A Close Family. The left third of the panel is text. There are three pictures on the right. Text reads, Harry, Bess, and Margaret Truman remained close despite years of public scrutiny, long separations, and the stresses of personal and public life. The three formed a support network for each other. A White House maid recalled, Never have I seen greater three-way devotion than existed between Margaret, her mother, and her father. The first photo is a cutout of the Trumans standing together. Bess is at left, with hair curled and wearing a below-the-knee dress. 
Harry is in the middle, in a double-breasted suit, with his hands in the pockets of his suit coat. And Margaret, as a young adult, is on the right, wearing a dark knee-length dress. Text reads, Bess, Harry, and Margaret frequently appeared in public together. Some even dubbed the close-knit trio the Three Musketeers. To the right and above is a picture of the trio on outdoor furniture on a lawn, wearing casual clothes. Text reads, The Trumans often traveled together on official trips and vacations, including a 1947 trip to Key West's Little White House. Below is an outdoor photo of a young Truman in a three-piece suit and straw boater hat holding an infant. Text reads, Truman holds baby Margaret, spring 1924. Truman later told Bess as Margaret grew up, she doesn't like it when I call her baby, but she will always be my baby. On the wall to the left of the phone are three and a half feet tall by two and a half feet wide images of formal portrait paintings of Bess Truman in 1952 and Harry S. Truman in 1945 on either side of a window. Truman's portrait shows the seated president wearing a dark double-breasted suit and tie and spectacles. His hair is a silvery gray. In the background is a blue sky with billowy white clouds floating above the Capitol building dome. The best Truman portrait features the first lady seated wearing a scoop neck blue print dress and a string of pearls. Her short hair is coiffed in silver curls. The background is dominated by dark leaves at top and a sky filled with white clouds. Light peeks through the clouds in the distance. Program note. Button 1 describes the text panel and photo album. Button 2 describes the family letters. Button 4 describes the back porch. And button 5 provides building information. Button 4, back porch, 2 minutes 10 seconds. From a position facing the phone, the doorway on your right leads to a small room that was formerly a back porch for the Noland home. Only a few feet into this back porch area is a display on your right. It features the photo of the Noland home with Truman descending the steps at the front of the home. Text reads, Your visit to Harry S. Truman National Historic Site. Welcome to the Noland home, owned by Harry Truman's aunt and uncle. As a young man, Truman often visited his favorite cousins, Nellie and Ethel, at this home. During these visits, Truman was reacquainted with his childhood sweetheart, Bess Wallace, who lived across the street. The National Park Service gratefully acknowledges the assistance of the Harry S. Truman Presidential Library and Museum in providing many of the images used in these exhibits. Below this display, a range of brochures are available. About five feet further along on the right, past a window, is one final display. At the top of the panel is the Arrowhead logo of the National Park Service, and beneath is the title, Preserving the Noland Home. The main text on this panel reads, Harry S. Truman National Historic Site acquired the Noland Home in 1991. Significant planning and rehabilitation were necessary to repair the structure, which was built in three stages between 1858 and 1910. The home now offers a visitor contact station, exhibits, restrooms, and office space. 
Historic interior features, like woodwork and stained glass, were preserved. Two photos are at the bottom of the wood-framed panel. At left, a color photo shows the front of the house with the porch disassembled. Beams attached to the house frame support the porch roof. Text reads, The Noland home is raised above the ground during foundation replacement in 2005. The photo on the right shows the parlor with no floor covering, window and door trim removed, and a ladder propped against a wood plank leaning on a wall. Text reads, The National Park Service completed interior work in 2011. On the opposite side of this area is an exterior door leading to a ramp for access to and from the Noland home. Program Note Button 1 is a description of the text panel and photo album. Button 2 describes the family letters. Button 3 describes the photos and portraits. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 5. Building and Facility Information. One minute. The foyer is the first room in the home after entering the front door. Straight ahead is the bedroom and through the bedroom is the back porch. Turning right through the foyer is the parlor. The room adjacent to the parlor is the living room, and next to the living room is the dining room. The dining room and bedroom have exit doors that lead to the back porch. Restrooms and a water fountain are available in a hallway adjacent to the back porch. Exiting from the bedroom, the entrance to the restrooms and fountain are straight ahead, about 15 feet on the right. Entering the back porch from the dining room, you will turn right and walk about 15 feet to the restroom hallway entrance on the right. In the restroom hallway, two unisex restrooms are available. Once over the threshold, the first is directly ahead. The other is about 6 feet to the left. A water fountain is located in the hallway opposite the two restrooms. Introduction, 1 minute 35 seconds. Welcome to the historic Noland Home audio description tour. This house is part of the Greater Harry S. Truman National Historic Site, and during inclement weather may serve as a staging area for tours of the Truman Home. The exhibits in each room are representative of different periods in Harry Truman's life. You are listening to this message through the receiver of an antique telephone replica. Four of the rooms in the house have replica phones common to the period depicted in the room. On each phone are push buttons arranged in a circular pattern. Building directions and general facility information can be heard on any of the phones by pressing the number 5. On the table in front of the phone is a volume control knob. Please familiarize yourself with the phone and adjust the volume to a comfortable hearing level. When you are ready to begin the tour, press 1 for a description of the foyer and wall panel where you entered the home, or 2 for a description of the parlor, the room you are now in. Or you may continue to the next tour section, Rooted in Independence, which begins in the room through the doorway immediately to the left as you stand facing this phone. The antique telephone replica you will use for the next room's description is on a small table and has its receiver resting on a cradle.
It is located along the wall straight ahead, about 15 feet, and on a slight diagonal to the right, on the opposite side of the room from where you will enter. Program note You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button 1 Foyer Description 3 minutes 5 seconds The space where you entered the home was once the foyer. It is a narrow hallway, 4 feet wide, 8 feet long, and 10 feet high. On the wall to the right of the entry door is a 6 foot high by 3 foot wide black and white photograph, circa 1946. It shows President Truman walking down concrete steps leading away from the Noland home. The two story home has a wide curving porch with square columns supporting the angled porch roof. The photograph is mounted between light sconces with doors entering rooms on either side. To the right of the large photo is a text panel that reads The Noland Home. Welcome to the Noland Home. Harry Truman's favorite cousins, Nellie and Ethel, lived here at 216 North Delaware. As a young man, Harry Truman often visited the Noland family long before he married his childhood sweetheart, Bess Wallace. I grew up and went to school with cousins Nellie and Ethel Noland. Nellie would translate my Latin lesson for me, and I would escort Ethel to parties and learn how to be polite from her. When the Truman family moved from Independence to Grandview, Missouri in 1905, Truman stayed here during visits to his old hometown. By 1910, Harry began courting Bess Wallace, who lived across the street. Under the picture, and extending out from the wall four inches and three feet up from the floor, is an angled reader rail. The reader rail contains three black and white photographs. The photo on the left portion of the panel is of a young adult couple. Text reads Joseph and Ella Truman Noland, Harry Truman's uncle and aunt. Ella was a sister of Harry's father, John Anderson Truman. The Noland family moved into this home in 1900 and remained here for 86 years. The center photo is of three young adults, two female, one male, standing behind three older adults, two male, one female, who are seated. Text reads The closeness of the Truman and Noland families extended across generations. This gathering at the Noland home included, standing left to right, Nellie Noland, Harry Truman, and Ethel Noland. Seated left to right are Harry Truman's uncles, William Truman and Joseph Noland, and his aunt, Ella Noland. Nellie is wearing a white blouse and long dark skirt. A young adult Harry is pictured with a slim build and dark hair wearing a suit and tie. Ethel is wearing a long sleeved, high necked white dress. William is in a suit and tie wearing a hat with a narrow cigar dangling from his mouth. Joseph is wearing a suit with bow tie in a flat topped straw hat, and Ella is wearing a long sleeved white dress. The photo on the right is of two young adult females. Text reads Ethel, left, and Nellie Noland encouraged Truman to court Bess Wallace. The Gates Wallace home, now called the Truman home, is in the background of this picture, about 
program note. Button 2 is a description of the parlor. Button 3 describes the wall behind the phone. Button 4 describes the walls to the right and directly opposite the phone. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 2. The Noland Parlor. 50 seconds. You are in what was the parlor of the Noland home. The room is 14 feet by 12 feet. The wall behind the phone is papered with repeating pink irises and sage green scrolls on a striped pale green background. The other walls are painted a pale pink. The exhibits in this room focus on the courtship of Harry Truman and Bess Wallace. Exhibits on the wall behind the phone include a cake plate, a text panel, and several vintage photographs. The wall to the right of the phone has two large portraits on either side of a long centered window. The wall directly opposite the phone has a window overlooking the Truman home. A quote from Truman is to the left of the window, and a map panel is to the right. Program note. Button 1 is a description of the foyer. Button 3 describes the wall behind the phone. Button 4 describes the walls to the right and directly opposite the phone. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 3. Cake Plate and Pictures. 3 minutes 20 seconds. On the table where the phone and volume controls are located is a bronze-colored replica cake plate. Please feel free to touch it gently. Mounted just above is a panel with text and a graphic of a cake plate. Text reads, The courtship begins. Harry Truman had help in winning Bess's heart. By a happy coincidence, Bess lived across the street from his cousins Nellie and Ethel. During a visit in 1910, 26-year-old Harry volunteered at the speed of light to return a cake plate to 219 North Delaware, where Bess had lived since 1904. Bess answered Harry's knock on the door and invited him inside. It took him two hours to deliver the plate. Within a year, Harry had a standing invitation to Sunday dinners with Bess's family. To the right of the table and phone, mounted on the wall, are six black-and-white photographs arranged in a style typical of a family home of that era. An oval-framed print is of young Truman with a hat, jacket, white shirt, and narrow black tie behind his two female cousins wearing white blouses and flat hats topped with flowers. Text reads, Harry Truman felt very close to his cousins throughout his life. Truman titled this photo, taken around 1905, This is Us, Nellie, left, and Ethel Noland. A square-framed print is of Truman and four smiling people in a rowboat near a riverbank. Truman is at the oars. Text reads, Trying to win over Bess Wallace, Harry Truman took her fishing in August 1913. A square-framed print of a young Truman depicts him at the wheel of a vintage black convertible with right-side steering, running board, and spoke wheels. Three women accompany the future president. Text reads, Harry Truman bought this 1911 Stafford car for practical purposes. The vehicle made his courtship with Bess much easier. 
Riding with Harry and Bess are Ethel Noland alongside Mary Jane Truman, far right, Harry's sister. Another oval-framed print shows Truman's two cousins posing in long-sleeved, high-necked white dresses. Text reads, Ethel, left, and Nellie Noland at the Truman Farm in Grandview, about 1911. The cousins visited often, keeping Truman in touch with news from Independence. A rectangular-framed print shows Truman from behind sitting on a horse-drawn cultivator, tending to his crops. Text reads, Harry Truman working on the farm, about 1910. He left a bank job in Kansas City four years earlier to help run the family farm in Grandview. Lastly, a rectangular-framed print of 31 young men and women arranged on steps in front of a building with a wide arched doorway. Truman's and Bess's images are circled. Truman is the fourth person from the left in the top row. Bess is the first person on the right side in the second row. Text reads, Although he had a crush on Bess, Harry Truman was too shy to sit by her in their 1901 Independence High School graduation photo. I thought she was the most beautiful and sweetest person on earth. Program note. Button 1 is a description of the foyer. Button 2 describes the parlor. Button 4 describes the walls to the right and directly opposite the phone. And button 5 provides building information. Button 4. Portraits and Panels. 2 minutes 35 seconds. On the wall to the right of the phone is a tall, centered window under which a seating bench is available. On either side are framed photo portraits, each 3.5 feet tall by 2.5 feet wide, of the young Harry Truman, left, and Bess Wallace, right. Truman is pictured in 1905 with short, dark hair, seated, wearing a suit jacket, long-sleeved white shirt and tie, and round, frameless spectacles. Elizabeth Virginia Bess Wallace, shown in 1901, is seated with her elbows resting on a table. She is wearing a white dress, gathered at the waist, and long, button-down white gloves. Her gaze is forward, toward us, and dark hair atop her head is adorned with a wreath of small flowers. On the wall opposite the phone, a quotation from Truman is applied to the wall. Text reads, I met a little blue-eyed golden-haired girl, Bess, my first sweetheart. We went to Sunday school, graduated in the same class, and marched down life's road together. Just above this text is a small rectangular graphic, framed in gold. Its inside perimeter consists of colored squares, white, red, yellow, green, and blue, around a smaller inside rectangle in off-white. This echoes the glass at the top of the window just to the right of the Truman quotation. The view looks out on what had been the Gates-Wallace home. To the right of the window is a map panel. Text reads, Window to the future. Imagine being able to see into the future. Although he didn't know it at the time, Harry Truman could see his future through this window. Following a nine-year courtship, Harry Truman married Bess Wallace in 1919. 
They lived together at 219 North Delaware for the next 53 years. He would stay here all night if he had a date over there, because it was a long trip to go out to Grandview. And there probably wasn't a night train at that time. And he could stay here very easily, which he did, sometimes two or three times a week. Ethel Noland, 1965. Below the text is a simple line drawing illustrating the 16 mile curving train route from Grandview, at the bottom, to Kansas City. And the straight nine mile streetcar route east to Independence. Text reads The trip from Grandview to Independence was not easy. Before he owned a car, Truman would catch a train from Grandview to Kansas City and then hop on a streetcar to Independence. Program note Button one is a description of the foyer, button two describes the parlor, button three describes the wall behind the phone. And button five provides building information. Button five. Building and facility information. One minute. The foyer is the first room in the home after entering the front door. Straight ahead is the bedroom, and through the bedroom is the back porch. Turning right through the foyer is the parlor. The room adjacent to the parlor is the living room. And next to the living room is the dining room. The dining room and bedroom have exit doors that lead to the back porch. Restrooms and a water fountain are available in a hallway adjacent to the back porch. Exiting from the bedroom, the entrance to the restrooms and fountain are straight ahead, about 15 feet on the right. Entering the back porch from the dining room, you will turn right and walk about 15 feet to the restroom hallway entrance on the right. In the restroom hallway, two unisex restrooms are available. Once over the threshold, the first is directly ahead, the other is about six feet to the left. A water fountain is located in the hallway opposite the two restrooms. Living room introduction. Two minutes. Welcome to what was the living room of the Noland home. You're listening to this message on an antique replica phone that sits on an oblong base with a two pronged cradle emerging from its top. The receiver rests on the cradle and is attached to the base by a coiled cord. The room is the same size as the parlor, 14 feet by 12 feet, and the wall behind the phone is papered with dark green laurel bouquets alternating with a small torch pattern on a light green background. The other walls are painted light green. This room's theme is rooted in independence and focuses on Truman's deep roots in independence. Exhibits on and along the wall where the phone is located include replicas of Truman's trademark possessions, a text panel, and several large photographs with insets and reader rails. On the wall to the right is a map panel on the left with two tall windows on the right. In the center of the room is an interactive touchscreen kiosk, and on the wall opposite the phone is a fireplace, above which is a large echo monitor for the interactive kiosk. The wall to the left has a Truman quote from 1956. When you are ready to begin the tour, Press 1 for a description of the tactile objects and the family and community photos. 
press 2 for a description of the map panel, end quote. Or press 3 for a description of the interactive kiosk. Button 5 provides building information. Or you may continue to the next section, Lifelong Balancing Act, by proceeding through the doorway just to the left of the phone. A small table is located straight ahead, about 20 feet, on the opposite side of the room from where you will enter. An old rotary-style phone with a handset that's nestled on the base unit's cradle is the device you will use to hear our next room's description. Program note. You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button 1. Tactile Objects, Family and Community Routes. 5 minutes 30 seconds. On the wall directly in front of you is a coat rack. Hanging from it are touchable replicas of Truman's famous fedora hat and walking cane. They are affixed to the rack on the wall. They represent important elements of Harry Truman's style. Mounted on the wall just to the right is a text panel, two and a half feet tall by one and a half feet wide, with a graphic drawing of a tree with multiple branches and deep roots. Below the graphic, title and text reads, Rooted in Independence. We all remember our roots. We remember where we grew up and went to school. Our memories of family, friends, and events tie us to our communities. Truman remained grounded in independence all his life. Hometown values, fairness, respect for others, and hard work guided his decisions before, during, and after his presidency. After serving ten years in the Senate and nearly eight years in the White House, Truman returned to his beloved independence. He happily wrote, I found myself right back where I started. Continuing to the right, two black and white photos, each over six feet high and over three feet wide, are mounted vertically next to each other. Reader rails extend from each just below. The first image depicts Truman, seen from one side as he reads a newspaper, seated at an outdoor porch table. With thinning gray hair, the bespectacled Truman is wearing a long-sleeve white shirt, a tie, dark slacks, and two-tone shoes. Text reads, The back porch served as a sanctuary for the Trumans. It was a favorite spot to read the morning paper or to have supper on summer evenings. Overgrown bushes provided privacy. The reader rail beneath is entitled Family Roots. The left third of the panel is text. There are three pictures on the right. Text reads, Few people spend their entire lives living in one home, especially a home where their parents and grandparents also live. Harry Truman acquired a large extended family when he married Bess. Following the birth of Margaret Truman in 1924, there were four generations living under one roof. In 1953, when the Trumans returned from Washington, the house was empty. It was the first time since they were married 33 years earlier that they could finally be alone in their own home. The first photo is a cutout of Truman in a light-colored suit and tie, seated on an outdoor bench between Bess and daughter Margaret. Bess has short, bobbed hair and wears a short-sleeved, belted white dress. On the left is their daughter, Margaret, at about age 10. Truman and Margaret grin at each other. Text reads, 
the Truman family during the 1934 Senate campaign. To the right and above is a photo of the middle-aged Truman and Bess standing along with an adult Margaret on the front porch of the Truman home. All three wear hats and are bundled in heavy, dark coats. Text reads, Throughout their time in Washington, the Trumans returned home often. This picture is from their 1949 Christmas visit. Below this photo, another image shows, from left to right, Clifton Daniel, who is a tall, thin man wearing a dark jacket and light slacks, Margaret in a white wedding gown holding a floral bouquet in her left hand and her right arm linked around the elbow of her husband, Clifton Daniel, Bess in a print dress and wearing a large corsage, and Truman in a suit and tie. Text reads, Margaret married Clifton Daniel on April 21, 1956. Like her grandparents and parents before her, Margaret held her reception at the Truman home. The second enlarged photo and reader rail is at right, immediately adjacent to the first. The photo depicts Truman in a three-piece suit with his hat and walking cane, strolling along a sidewalk. Text quotes Truman. I tried never to forget who I was and where I'd come from and where I was going back to. The reader rail beneath is titled Community Roots. The left third of the panel is text. There are three pictures on the right. Text reads, Many people who achieve great power and fame, especially at the level of the presidency, have a difficult time returning to their old lives. Some prefer to stay in communities near the center of power, like Washington, D.C. By contrast, President and Mrs. Truman were eager to return home. The people of independence embraced the Trumans, both during and after their White House years. Crowds gathered for election rallies, homecomings, and birthday celebrations. The president was quite accessible to people who wanted to meet him. His walks around town became famous. Independence, before, during, and after the presidency, was home. The first photo is a cutout and shows Truman in mid-stride shaking hands with a teenaged boy. A younger friend is just a step behind. Text reads, President Truman greets children while on a morning walk in his neighborhood. To the right and above is a color photo of a beaming Truman shaking hands with an admirer. They are surrounded by citizens, including several officers, while Bess Truman, in a light blue hat, can be seen just peeking over Truman's shoulder. Text reads, Thousands of well-wishers greet the Trumans as they return to independence as private citizens in 1953. Below this is a photo taken at the Truman Library and shows Truman at a large globe. Its top reaches Truman's waist, with almost a dozen young people around Truman and the spherical map of the world. Text reads, The former president with students at the Truman Library. He devoted his retirement years to establishing the library and teaching our young people the meaning of democracy. Program Note Button 2 is a description of the map panel and wall quote. Button 3 describes the interactive kiosk. And button 5 provides building information. Button 2, map panel and quote, 1 minute 40 seconds. 
On the wall to your right, there is a framed map panel, two and a half feet tall by one and a half feet wide, and two tall windows. The framed map panel is titled "120 Steps." Text reads. Famous for his morning walks around town, Harry Truman believed that exercise gave him a chance to think and keep fit. As part of my daily routine, he said, I usually take a walk of a mile and a half at a pace of 120 steps a minute. If you walk 120 paces a minute, your whole body gets a vigorous workout. Below this is a quote from Bradley Smith, photographer, describing a walk in 1953 with Harry Truman. Once the walk started, Truman moved more like a slow jogger than a fast walker. I spent a good part of the hour and a half walk running ahead of him, stopping to take a picture from across the street or from the street corner. The bottom half of the panel is a line drawing map of downtown Independence, noting sites near Truman's home. Text reads: Places Truman enjoyed passing on his walks included the First Presbyterian Church, where he and Bess first met in 1890, as well as the homes and shops of friends and neighbors. On the wall to your left, as you face the phone, is a small rectangular stained glass graphic. Below it is a quotation from Mr. Truman, dated November 28, 1956. I've had every political office, nearly from precinct to president of the United States, and I came back home to live at the end of it all. Program note: Button one is a description of the tactile objects and family and community photos. Button three describes the interactive kiosk, and button five provides building information. Button three, interactive kiosk. Fifty seconds. In the middle of this room is a video kiosk. Access the kiosk by turning 180 degrees and slightly to the right. It features an interactive program controlled by a touchscreen. A handset on the right side of the console provides an audio description track. When you lift the receiver, you will hear repeating instructions on how to activate and navigate the touchscreen and programs. On the wall beyond the console, above a fireplace mantel, is a flat-screen television monitor that echoes the images in the interactive video. Below the mantel is a 1920s-era Art Deco gas fireplace insert. Program note: Button one is a description of the tactile objects and family and community photos. Button two describes the map panel and quotes, and button five provides building information. Button five, building and facility information. One minute. The foyer is the first room in the home after entering the front door. Straight ahead is the bedroom, and through the bedroom is the back porch. Turning right through the foyer is the parlor. The room adjacent to the parlor is the living room, and next to the living room is the dining room. The dining room and bedroom have exit doors that lead to the back porch. Restrooms and a water fountain are available in a hallway adjacent to the back porch. Exiting from the bedroom, the entrance to the restrooms and fountain are straight ahead, about 15 feet on the right. Entering the back porch from the dining room, you will turn right and walk about 15 feet to the restroom hallway entrance on the right.
In the restroom hallway, two unisex restrooms are available. Once over the threshold, the first is directly ahead. The other is about six feet to the left. A water fountain is located in the hallway opposite the two restrooms. Dining room introduction. Two minutes. Welcome to what was once the dining room of the Noland home. You are listening on a 1940s style replica telephone. The room is 14 feet by 17 feet. The wall where the phone is located is papered with a repeating pattern vertical ovals in green, burgundy, and gold on a beige striped background. The other walls are painted pale blue. For visitor use, there is a long backless bench seat located in the center of the room. This room's theme is Lifelong Balancing Act and centers on Truman's efforts to balance the different dimensions of his life and career. Exhibits on this wall, next to the phone, include a tactile globe and desk sign and two sets of two large photographs, each with a reader rail beneath and extending from the wall about 12 inches. The one on the left compares his life in Washington and independence. The one on the right compares his family and political life. On the wall to the right are a map panel and two large photographs with an extended reader rail beneath that depicts some of his successes and failures. The wall directly opposite the phone depicts his 19th century upbringing with 20th century challenges. And the wall on the left has a Truman quote from 1960. When you are ready to begin the tour, press 1 for a description of the quote, the tactile objects, And Washington versus Independence. Press 2 for a description of his political and family life. Press 3 for a description of the map panel and his successes and failures. Or press 4 for a description of his values and challenges. Button 5 provides building information. Or you may continue to the next section Strength from Family. It begins through a door behind you that was on your left as you entered the dining room. Please note, the door may be closed. The room may also be accessed through the foyer where you first entered the home. Program note You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button 1 Lifelong Balancing Act, Wall Quote, and Tactile Objects. 5 minutes 30 seconds. The phone you are using sits on a small rectangular wood table that also holds, to the left of the phone, a bronze colored globe of the world, about a foot in diameter. Resting in front of the globe is a replica of a famous sign that enjoyed a prominent position on Mr. Truman's desk in the White House. Feel free to touch the sign. The words are slightly raised. They read, The buck stops here. Mounted on the wall above the table and phone is a text panel. At the top is a graphic of balance scales. Below, text reads Lifelong Balancing Act. Life for most of us involves finding the right balance between conflicting demands. Every day we have to make countless decisions. Harry Truman was no different. He balanced life in Washington with life in independence, political demands with family life. The desire to succeed with acceptance of failures, 
and 19th century values with the challenges of the 20th century. He was not always successful, but he tried to learn from his mistakes and remained humble despite his accomplishments. Directly to your right on the wall is the first of two displays featuring two vertical enlarged black and white photographs, each six feet tall by four feet wide, with a reader rail under each extending from the wall. The display is in a wood frame case. At its top is the balance scale graphic between the words Washington, D.C. at left and Independence at right. The first enlarged black and white photo shows Senator Truman in a double breasted suit, tie, and fedora hat striding down the steps of the U.S. Capitol. Text reads Arriving in Washington in 1938, Senator Truman adjusted to living in hotels and apartments, often without his family. Truman vowed to become one of the top men in the Senate. The second tall black and white photograph catches Truman leaving his home in Independence, wearing a fedora hat, glasses, a light colored overcoat atop a three piece suit, and a bow tie. His walking cane is in his left hand. Text reads Independence remained Truman's home throughout his time in Washington, the place where he could return to familiar surroundings amid family and friends. Mounted between the two enlarged photos is a text panel that discusses Truman's Washington Independence Balancing Act. Text reads Imagine moving halfway across the country and being separated from loved ones. Truman's responsibilities kept him in Washington, while Bess and Margaret would often return to Independence. It was important to the Trumans that Margaret grow up in her hometown, and Bess had to care for her mother, Madge Wallace. Truman was lonely and referred to the White House as the Great White Jail. Truman missed his friends and the sense of community that comes with small town life. Upon their final return from Washington, the former president declared, We're back home now for good. The reader rail below the left photo mural includes three black and white photos. The larger photo cut out at left shows Truman as president at his desk, grinning while reading a note. The American flag stands tall just behind his right shoulder. Text reads As president, Truman worried that having White House servants attend to his every need might change him. I won't be worth a damn when I get out of here, he confided to cousin Ethel Noland. Above and to the right, a photo depicts Truman seated inside a military transport aircraft, reading a document. Text reads Truman traveled extensively as a senator investigating military spending during World War II. He enjoyed the work, but missed his family. Below this image is a color photo of, from right to left, Truman in a tuxedo, a young Queen Elizabeth in a gown, crown, wearing a blue sash across her dress, Bess Truman in a long light blue gown, Margaret Truman wearing a white gown with a red sash, and at the far left, Prince Philip in a tuxedo. Text reads Despite his rural roots, Harry Truman often found himself in formal settings hosting world leaders like Queen Elizabeth and her husband, Prince Philip. The reader rail below the right photo mural includes three black and white photos and a tactile object. At top left 
is a working telegraph key. The larger photo cut out at left is a photo of Truman in an overcoat and fedora hat, holding seven wrapped packages. Text reads, Truman shows off gifts for his family in Grandview, Missouri, December 25, 1945, his first Christmas as president. Above and to the right, a photo depicts Truman seated at a desk. Text reads, President Truman lit the national Christmas tree from his independence home from 1948 to 1951 using an electric telegraph key. Below this image is a picture of Bess and Margaret Truman, both clad in elaborate 1940s hats. Mrs. Truman stands behind a seated and grinning Margaret Truman. Text reads, Reporters once asked Mrs. Truman, What would you like to do and have your husband do when he is no longer president? She answered, Return to independence. On the wall to the left, a quotation from Truman, dated November 28, 1956, is applied to the wall. Text reads, I've had every political office, nearly from precinct to President of the United States, and I came back home to live at the end of it all. Just above this text is a small rectangular graphic, framed in gold. Its inside perimeter consists of colored squares, white, red, yellow, and blue, around a smaller inside rectangle in off-white. Program Note Button 2 is a description of the photo mural on the right. Button 3 describes the wall to your right. Button 4 describes the wall opposite the phone. And button 5 provides building information. Button 2. Political Demands versus Family Life. 3 minutes 50 seconds. Several feet to the right of the first photo mural is the second set of two 6 feet by 4 feet wood-framed photo murals and reader rails. Mounted above the photos is a set of scales between two phrases, political demands and family life. The first enlarged black-and-white photo pictures a stern Truman in front of a group of microphones. Text reads, The President addresses the Congress on details of the Truman Doctrine, March 12, 1947. The second tall black-and-white photograph shows the Truman family standing, from left to right, Bess Truman in a dark overcoat, the President in a dark suit, and Margaret Truman wearing a black dress with a coat over her shoulders. Text reads, The Truman family attends the National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony at the White House, December 24, 1952, their last in Washington. Mounted between the two enlarged photos is a panel that discusses Truman's political and family balancing act. Text reads, the Trumans lived in a far more private era than today, and they worked hard to maintain a sense of privacy for their close-knit family. However, they were not always successful. President Truman was a highly visible public figure beginning with his first campaign for county judge in 1922. Bess supported her husband's career, but she never felt comfortable in the spotlight. The reader rail below the left photo mural includes three black-and-white photos. The larger photo cutout at left shows a cheerful Bess and Margaret Truman wearing ribbons that read Truman. Margaret holds her purse high in the air. Text reads, 
Margaret and Bess Truman at the 1944 Democratic National Convention, which nominated Harry Truman for vice president. As crowds surrounded them after the nomination, Bess repeatedly gave Truman a harsh look, demanding, are we going to have to go through this for the rest of our lives? Above and to the right, a photo depicts Mrs. Truman sitting with a boy in a wheelchair. She pets a small black dog in his lap. Text reads, Bess Truman shied away from publicity, but she genuinely enjoyed many of her duties as First Lady, like this meeting during the 1952 muscular dystrophy campaign. Below this image is a photo of Margaret Truman seated against a wall with over a dozen men at her sides, writing on notepads. Text reads, Like her father, Margaret Truman enjoyed an easy rapport with the press. This photo shows her during Truman's 1948 whistle-stop campaign. The reader rail below the right photo mural includes three black-and-white photos. The larger photo cutout at left is of a beaming Truman and grinning Margaret in the back seat of a convertible car. Truman, in a suit, is wearing his usual fedora hat and spectacles. Margaret wears a print dress, a hat adorned with feathers, pearls, and a corsage. Text reads, Harry and Margaret Truman campaign in Detroit, 1948. Truman delighted in his daughter's embrace of public life. Margaret Truman was a singer, actress, television host, and noted mystery novel writer. Above and to the right, a photo depicts Bess and Harry Truman waving from a train platform while Margaret smiles, standing in between her parents. Text reads, Truman relied on his wife and daughter for support and advice throughout his career. Here, the family is traveling together during a campaign trip in 1948. Below this image is a photo of a somber-faced Truman with Bess and Margaret next to him. Truman has his right hand raised with a thick book in his left hand. Five men are pictured standing behind the Trumans. Text reads, Truman turned to his family to settle him from the shock of becoming president when Franklin Roosevelt died. He later wrote to Bess, You and Margie must give me help and assistance because no one ever needed help and assistance as I do now. Program Note Button 1 is a description of the tactile objects, wall quote, and left photo mural. Button 3 is a description of the wall to the right. Button 4 describes the wall opposite the phone. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 3. Map Panel and Failure and Success. 5 minutes 40 seconds. On the wall to the right are two long windows on either side of a map panel and a wood frame display containing two enlarged black and white photographs with a reader rail under each extending from the wall. To the left of the photo mural, mounted on the wall, is a wood framed map panel. At the top is a globe, beneath which is the title World of Change, followed by the text Harry Truman grew up in an era when many Americans rarely traveled outside their home state. His experiences in World War I, as senator and as president, expanded his worldview. He traveled more than any previous president and managed global hotspots from Europe to Asia.
Truman's words from an address to Congress in 1945 are quoted. In this shrinking world, it is futile to seek safety behind geographical barriers. At the bottom of the panel is a flat representation of the world with events and locations of international significance during Truman's presidency. Events include Japan, atomic bombs dropped, 1945. California, creation of the UN, 1945. Truman Doctrine, 1947. Europe, Marshall Plan, 1948. Israel, Official Recognition, 1948. Western Europe, Creation of NATO, 1949. Korea, Korean War, 1950-1953. Wake Island, General Douglas MacArthur Meeting, 1950. To the right of the map is a wood-framed pair of six feet by four feet black and white photos with reader rails. Mounted above the photos is a set of scales between two words, failure and success. The enlarged photo on the left is of a young Harry Truman wearing a suit and tie standing between counters in a haberdashery. Another man stands nearby, and a long row of ties hangs above and behind them. Text reads, Harry Truman and Eddie Jacobson opened a men's clothing store in Kansas City in 1919. The store failed two years later during an economic slump. The second large photo shows Harry Truman in a double-breasted suit waving from the rear of a train. He holds onto a rail that is emblazoned with the seal of the President of the United States. Text reads, Truman, during the 1948 presidential campaign. In politics, he found his niche. A failure as a farmer, a miner, an oil promoter, and a merchant, he told Bess, but finally hit the groove as a public servant, and that due mostly to you and the lady luck. Mounted between the two enlarged photos is a text panel that reads, no man, said Harry Truman, can make a perfect score. Truman didn't do too badly, though. He commanded a battery of soldiers in World War I without losing a single man in combat. He lost only one election in 30 years of public office. And by the turn of the 21st century, historians rated him as the country's fifth best president. He also had failures. He lost money in mining, oil, and retail ventures. He was unable to prevent foreclosure on his mother's Grandview farm, and in February 1952, his presidential approval rating sank to 22%, a record low at the time. Below the left photo is a reader rail with two black and white images. At left is a photo cutout of President Lyndon B. Johnson grinning and signing a document at a table with an elderly Harry and Bess Truman nearby. Text reads, Truman wrote, I have had some bitter disappointments as president, but the one that has troubled me most has been the failure to pass a national compulsory health insurance program. President Lyndon B. Johnson's Medicare bill partially achieved what Truman failed to accomplish. At the bill signing, Harry and Bess received the first two Medicare cards. Health insurance cards with the names Harry S. Truman and Bess W. Truman are shown above the picture.
At right is the image of a modest two-story frame house with a wide front porch. Text reads, Harry Truman with his mother and grandmother at the family's Grandview Farm about 1909. His mother lost the farm to foreclosure in 1940. It's a wrench, said Truman, but I guess we can stand it. The family later repurchased the farm. The reader rail below the right photo mural includes three black and white photos. The larger photo cutout at left is the iconic photo of Truman grinning broadly as he holds up the front page of a Chicago Daily Tribune issue with the bold headline, Dewey Defeats Truman. Text reads, The Chicago Tribune wrongly announced Truman's defeat by Republican presidential candidate Thomas Dewey. Polls indicated Truman would lose, but he confidently predicted, I will win this election. Don't you forget that. At top left is a posed photo of several rows of World War I soldiers in uniform. Truman's face is circled. He is seated second from the left in the front row. Text reads, Captain Truman successfully led an unruly group of soldiers during World War I. They seem to want a soldier for me, Truman wrote Bess, and if I can get them to do it, I shall consider I have made the greatest success there is to make. At right center is a picture of Truman at a table with three other men. He is second from left. Microphones are in front of each man. Text reads, The Truman Committee scrutinized World War II spending, identifying millions in waste and making Senator Truman a national figure. Program note. Button 1 is a description of the tactile objects, wall quote, and left photo mural. Button 2 is a description of the right photo mural. Button 4 describes the wall opposite the phone. And button 5 provides building information. Button 4. 19th century values, 20th century world. 4 minutes 30 seconds. On the wall opposite the phone are a locked closet door on the left and the door to the living room on the right. In the center of the wall is a wood frame display containing two six feet by four feet black and white photographs with a reader rail under each extending from the wall. Mounted above the photos is a set of scales between two phrases, 19th century values and 20th century world. The left photo mural depicts a young Harry Truman in a dark overcoat, a bow tie, his spectacles, and a bowler hat. Text reads, Before World War I, Harry Truman's world was limited to independence and Grandview. It was a simpler time compared to the challenges of the 20th century. Recalling her youth, Ethel Noland wrote, We were carefree and a little irresponsible, I think. It truly was a more innocent time. The second photo mural in this display depicts Truman, wearing a sober expression, in an overcoat and gloves, and holding his hat over his heart. He stands outside a black automobile, and the Washington Monument towers in the background. Text reads, As president, Truman was thrust onto the world stage, burdened by many difficult decisions. He held the fate of millions in his hands. Mounted between the two enlarged photos is a text panel that reads, 
The late 19th century world of Truman's youth was a time of gaslight and steam. By the mid-20th century, President Truman found himself at the helm of the most powerful and technologically advanced nation in history. He was expected to lead that nation into a new age. Harry Truman was forced to overcome many of his 19th century beliefs and prejudices when addressing 20th century issues. He believed in tradition, but was not restricted by it. Decisions he made sometimes put him at odds with family and friends, but he declared, I shall continue to do what I think is right, whether anybody likes it or not. The reader rail below the left photo mural includes three black and white photos. The larger photo cutout at left is Harry Truman in his World War I uniform on horseback. Text reads, Many men entered World War I with high expectations of earning glory on the battlefield, and Harry Truman was no exception. Machine guns, mustard gas, aerial combat, and armored tanks quickly dispelled those dreams. Modern warfare had arrived. Immediately to the right, pictured at the door to an aircraft, is Truman waving his hat with his left hand while his right arm is around his mother. She wears a dark coat and flower-adorned hat. Text reads, Harry Truman's upbringing influenced him in both good and bad ways. His parents instilled in him the qualities of self-discipline, determination, and loyalty. However, as a grandson of slave owners, he inherited a strong racism that he had to overcome during his adult years. He referred to his mother, left, as an unreconstructed southerner. Below this image is a photo of Harry with Bess and several others in a fishing boat. Text reads, Harry, Bess, center, and others fishing. Fun was often what you made it. Truman later remembered, We didn't have cars and movies and television and radio, none of that. We played. My sister and I played piano, and we always had a house full of books, and we read. The reader rail below the right photo mural includes three black and white photos. The larger photo cutout at left features Truman in profile shaking hands with an African-American staff sergeant in uniform. Text reads, In 1948, Truman made the controversial decision to desegregate the armed forces. In spite of his upbringing, Truman had grown to believe that whether discrimination is based on race or creed or color or land of origin, it is utterly contrary to American ideals of democracy. Above the cutout, the picture is of a massive mushroom-shaped cloud as seen from aircraft. Text reads, Truman understood that his use of the atomic bomb took the world into a new age. I was the president who made the decision to unleash that terrible power, of course and it was a difficult and dreadful decision to have to make. Nevertheless, he said, I have no regrets, and under the same conditions, I would do it again. In the middle is a photo of three soldiers sitting amid brush. One cradles the head of another in his arms. The caption notes that Truman felt that entering Korea was the most difficult decision of his presidency. You break your heart and your head trying to figure out a way to save one life. Ultimately, more than 33,000 Americans died. Program Note 
Button 1 is a description of the tactile objects, wall quote, and left photomural. Button 2 is a description of the photomural on the right. Button 3 describes the wall on the right, and Button 5 provides building information. Button 5. Building and Facility Information. One minute. The foyer is the first room in the home after entering the front door. Straight ahead is the bedroom, and through the bedroom is the back porch. Turning right through the foyer is the parlor. The room adjacent to the parlor is the living room, and next to the living room is the dining room. The dining room and bedroom have exit doors that lead to the back porch. Restrooms and a water fountain are available in a hallway adjacent to the back porch. Exiting from the bedroom, the entrance to the restrooms and fountain are straight ahead, about 15 feet on the right. Entering the back porch from the dining room, you will turn right and walk about 15 feet to the restroom hallway entrance on the right. In the restroom hallway, two unisex restrooms are available. Once over the threshold, the first is directly ahead. The other is about six feet to the left. A water fountain is located in the hallway opposite the two restrooms. Button 2. Letters tell the story. 3 minutes, 45 seconds. On the wall to the right of the phone is a 6 feet tall by almost 5 feet wide framed collage of excerpts from letters written to and from Truman. In the top left, in script, are the words, Dear Bess, and at bottom right, also in script, Lots of Love, Harry. At the top right is a three-cent stamp featuring George Washington. It's postmarked February 14, 1938, Independence, Missouri. Accompanying the excerpts are several reproductions of the actual letters and two photographs. At left is the young Truman in profile, pen in hand, wearing his World War I uniform. At right is the image of Harry with Margaret, seated in a backyard setting, reading with refreshments nearby. The collage is titled, Letters Tell the Story. Text beneath the title reads, Margaret Truman called her father a demon letter writer. Between 1911 and 1959, Harry Truman wrote over 1,200 letters to Bess alone. When he discovered Bess burning some of them in 1955, Truman begged her to stop, telling her to think of history. She answered, I have. Whether you read them one at a time or in groups, the letters reveal a lifelong love affair between two people who treated each other as equals and cared deeply for their daughter. The six letter excerpts, provided in chronological order, read December 18, 1918 Letter to Ethel Noland from Truman while serving in World War I camp at Camp La Béole near Verdun. My dear cousin, your letter of November 18th enclosing a beautiful silk handkerchief, just what I needed, and six sticks of gum, which tasted like the nectar of the gods, was received today, and I am most happy to get it and to hear from you. July 8th, 1925. Bess wrote this letter to Harry Truman while he was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. Ethel had her hair cut today, and she looks great. When may I do it? I never wanted to do anything as badly in my life. 
Come on, be a sport. Ask all the married men in camp about their wives' heads, and I'll bet anything I have there isn't one under 60 who has long hair. May 7, 1933. Truman's letters to Bess gave him a place to discuss the past and contemplate the future. I've been in a railroad, bank, farm, war, politics, love, only once, and it still sticks, been busted, and still am, and yet I have stayed an idealist. I still believe that my sweetheart is the ideal woman, and that my daughter is her duplicate. June 14, 1946. A Father's Day letter from Margaret to Truman. Yesterday I sent you an album of Mozart that we liked at the symphony concert for Paps Day, Father's Day, which, in case you didn't know, is on this Sunday. I guess I'll have to admit you're the world's nicest and best dad. I'm not out of funds. That's free. I hope you like the records. February 6th, 1947. In a letter to Margaret, Truman writes, I am only interested in your welfare and happy future, and I stand ready to do anything to contribute to that end. But remember that good name and honor are worth more than all the gold and jewels ever mined. A good name and good advice is all your dad can give you. June 28, 1957. One of the last surviving letters Truman wrote to Bess listed how he was doing on every wedding anniversary. Entries included, Out of a Job, 1925, Korea, A Terrible Time, 1950, and A Happy 35th, 1954. He concluded, only 37 to go for the Diamond Jubilee. Program note. Button 1 describes the text panel and photo album. Button 3 describes the photos and portraits. Button 4 describes the back porch. And Button 5 provides building information. Button 3. Photos and portraits. 3 minutes, 10 seconds. On the wall opposite the phone is a 5 feet tall by almost 4 feet wide framed photograph with a reader rail beneath. The photo is a wedding portrait. Posing outdoors, a young, dark-haired Harry Truman is on the left, wearing a light-colored three-piece suit and spectacles. And on the right is Bess, in a white tunic with lace trim, a matching skirt, and a broad-brimmed white hat. She holds a floral bouquet. Text reads... Harry Truman and Bess Wallace were married June 28, 1919. Truman wrote, It was the happiest day of my life, for I had been looking forward to it for a lifetime, or so it seemed. The reader rail beneath is entitled, A Close Family. The left third of the panel is text. There are three pictures on the right. Text reads, Harry, Bess, and Margaret Truman remained close despite years of public scrutiny, long separations, and the stresses of personal and public life. The three formed a support network for each other. A White House maid recalled, Never have I seen greater three-way devotion than existed between Margaret, her mother, and her father. The first photo is a cutout of the Trumans standing together. Bess is at left, with hair curled and wearing a below-the-knee dress. Harry is in the middle, in a double-breasted suit, with his hands in the pockets of his suit coat. And Margaret, as a young adult, is on the right, 
wearing a dark knee-length dress. Text reads, Bess, Harry, and Margaret frequently appeared in public together. Some even dubbed the close-knit trio the Three Musketeers. To the right and above is a picture of the trio on outdoor furniture on a lawn, wearing casual clothes. Text reads, The Trumans often traveled together on official trips and vacations, including a 1947 trip to Key West's Little White House. Below is an outdoor photo of a young Truman in a three-piece suit and straw boater hat holding an infant. Text reads, Truman holds baby Margaret, spring 1924. Truman later told Bess as Margaret grew up, She doesn't like it when I call her baby, but she will always be my baby. On the wall to the left of the phone are three and a half feet tall by two and a half feet wide images of formal portrait paintings of Bess Truman in 1952 and Harry S. Truman in 1945 on either side of a window. Truman's portrait shows the seated president wearing a dark double-breasted suit and tie and spectacles. His hair is a silvery gray. In the background is a blue sky with billowy white clouds floating above the Capitol building dome. The best Truman portrait features the First Lady seated wearing a scoop-neck blue print dress and a string of pearls. Her short hair is quaffed in silver curls. The background is dominated by dark leaves at top and a sky filled with white clouds. Light peeks through the clouds in the distance. Program Note Button 1 describes the text panel and photo album. Button 2 describes the family letters. Button 4 describes the back porch. And button 5 provides building information. Button 4, back porch. 2 minutes, 10 seconds. From a position facing the phone, the doorway on your right leads to a small room that was formerly a back porch for the Noland home. Only a few feet into this back porch area is a display on your right. It features the photo of the Noland home with Truman descending the steps at the front of the home. Text reads, Your visit to Harry S. Truman National Historic Site. Welcome to the Noland home, owned by Harry Truman's aunt and uncle. As a young man, Truman often visited his favorite cousins, Nellie and Ethel, at this home. During these visits, Truman was reacquainted with his childhood sweetheart, Bess Wallace, who lived across the street. The National Park Service gratefully acknowledges the assistance of the Harry S. Truman Presidential Library and Museum in providing many of the images used in these exhibits. Below this display, a range of brochures are available. About five feet further along on the right, past a window, is one final display. At the top of the panel is the Arrowhead logo of the National Park Service, and beneath is the title, Preserving the Noland Home. The main text on this panel reads, Harry S. Truman National Historic Site acquired the Noland Home in 1991. Significant planning and rehabilitation were necessary to repair the structure, which was built in three stages between 1858 and 1910. The home now offers a visitor contact station, exhibits, restrooms, and office space. Historic interior features, like woodwork and stained glass, were preserved. Two photos are at the bottom of the wood-framed panel. 
At left, a color photo shows the front of the house with the porch disassembled. Beams attached to the house frame support the porch roof. Text reads. The Noland home is raised above the ground during foundation replacement in 2005. The photo on the right shows the parlor with no floor covering, window and door trim removed, and a ladder propped against a wood plank leaning on a wall. Text reads: The National Park Service completed interior work in 2011. On the opposite side of this area. Is an exterior door leading to a ramp for access to and from the Noland home. Program note: Button one is a description of the text panel and photo album. Button two describes the family letters. Button three describes the photos and portraits, and button five provides building information. Bedroom introduction: two minutes five seconds. You are listening to this tour section on a replica of an old-fashioned rectangular phone mounted on the wall. On its face, it has two bells at the top and push buttons arranged in a circular pattern below. You are now in what was a small bedroom of the Noland home. The room is ten feet by nine feet. The wall opposite the phone is papered with repeating pink tulips with rope-like vines on brown background. The other walls are painted pale yellow. If you entered the home from the side ramp, you may want to go to the Noland parlor for the beginning of the tour. Turn around 180 degrees from this phone and walk about 10 feet to the foyer entrance, and continue another 15 feet to the parlor on your left. The Noland parlor recording is on an antique replica phone on a table several feet forward and on the left. The bedroom's theme is strength from family, and centers on the importance of family in Truman's life. Exhibits on the wall next to the phone include a text panel and a family photo album. On the wall to your right is a montage of excerpts from family letters written to and from Harry Truman. On the wall to your left are portrait paintings of Harry and Bess. On the wall opposite the phone is a large photograph with a reader rail extending about 12 inches from the wall. The back porch area is through the doorway on your right and includes brochures and a text panel on the preservation of the Noland home. When you are ready to begin the tour, press one for a description of the text panel and photo album. Press two for a description of the family letters. Press three for a description of the photos and portraits, or press four for a description of the back porch area. Button five provides building information. Program note: You may listen to this message again simply by hanging up and lifting the handset. Button one: Text panel and family album. Four minutes thirty seconds. To the right of the phone and mounted on the wall is a text panel with a drawing of a diamond ring at top, with text beneath that reads, "Strength from family." Family is one of the most important things we have in our lives. Most of us find comfort and encouragement from the people who know us best. Presidents are no different, and Harry Truman enjoyed an exceptionally close relationship with his wife Bess and daughter Margaret.
Many of us spend time apart from our loved ones. Truman's military service and public career kept him away from his family for long stretches. The letters the Trumans exchanged give us a glimpse of their strong family ties. Below the text panel is an angled wood ledge extending about 12 inches from the wall. On it is a flip book labeled Family Album. There are 10 images and quotations featured in the book, all of which illustrate milestones in Truman's life. The first page of the flip book features an old fashioned tinted studio photograph of a toddler in a dark frock with lace collar posed in an outdoor scene. To the right is an older child, Harry Truman, age five, similarly attired and holding a straight cane. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. When I was five and Vivian was three, we were presented with a sister, Mary Jane. We heard her cry upstairs and thought we had a new pet until our father told us we had a new sister. The next page portrays an antique model 1911 automobile, a black convertible with a running board and spoked wheels. Three women and two men in light clothing are inside, with Truman at the wheel in rolled up white sleeves, glasses, and a flat cap. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. 5,000 miles in three months is getting around somewhat. The album's next page depicts Truman as a young man with straight, dark hair and spectacles, wearing his World War I uniform. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. I know how soldiers are. They are trained not to give up. I know because I am one of them. The next page shows a young child bundled in a tight, button-down sweater, leggings, and a knit cap. She grins, displaying her bright, full cheeks. She holds a toy Felix the Cat in her right hand. Beneath is a quote from Margaret Truman. I think there's nothing better than growing up as an only child. Next is a photo of the young Harry and Bess Truman, outdoors, facing their young child Margaret in the foreground. Harry wrote to Bess in 1931, Tell my girl she must go to school and learn all about everything, and someday you and she and I will go see it all. The next photo is of Truman, Margaret, and Bess caught in action just as the president casts a vote in November 1948 in a box labeled blue. Truman says, We are here to vote as citizens of this great republic. A photo on the next page depicts two workmen installing a section of iron fence. In the background is the Truman home. Margaret Truman is quoted, The fence was the main protection from souvenir hunters who would have stolen every flower in the gardens and pried every clobbered off the first floor. Next is a photo of the Noland home front porch. Truman, in a suit and with his back to us, looks toward two individuals inside the front door. As president, I've found from tough experience, I can't have too much advice from real friends. Harry Truman to Ethel Noland, 1949. In the next image, the older Truman, in his fedora hat, long coat, and with his walking cane, smiles as he reaches out to a woman her back to us, wearing a long coat and a headscarf. Ethel Noland writes, Since Mr. Truman came back from Washington, the tourists are omnipresent.
The last image is of a smiling Truman with two of his young grandsons. Beneath is a quote from Harry Truman. I think the world in which my grandsons will be growing up will be much more interesting and exciting than the one in which our grandfather lived. I wish I could live 50 years more to see how everything comes out. Program note. Button 2 is a description of family letters. Button 3 describes the photos and portraits. Button 4 describes the back porch. And button 5 provides building information. Button 5. Building and facility information. One minute. The foyer is the first room in the home after entering the front door. Straight ahead is the bedroom, and through the bedroom is the back porch. Turning right through the foyer is the parlor. The room adjacent to the parlor is the living room, and next to the living room is the dining room. The dining room and bedroom have exit doors that lead to the back porch. Restrooms and a water fountain are available in a hallway adjacent to the back porch. Exiting from the bedroom, the entrance to the restrooms and fountain are straight ahead, about 15 feet on the right. Entering the back porch from the dining room, you will turn right and walk about 15 feet to the restroom hallway entrance on the right. In the restroom hallway, two unisex restrooms are available. Once over the threshold, the first is directly ahead. The other is about six feet to the left. A water fountain is located in the hallway opposite the two restrooms.